Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome in to Bet the Edge. It is Thursday, December 15th. Thank you, everyone, watching live on our NBC Sports YouTube channel. Of course, listening in audio version as well. My man Drew and I are back, handicapping a huge NFC West showdown between the Niners and the Seahawks. And because bowl season kicks off tomorrow morning for my birthday, Drew, we're going to dig into some bets <laughs> for those games and this weekend. I got my best bet of the weekend for tomorrow's game. So I'm super excited. And we're going to break down the NBA, of course. Small four-game slate, but Bucks Grizzlies. And I got a player prop I'm circling. So this is Bet the Edge. Drew, how are we doing on this beautiful Thursday morning? We are good. And happy early birthday to you, Vaughn. It's a good sports day, man. It's a good sports week. It's been a good sports month. Um, There is so much fun stuff going on with World Cup semifinals in the books. We have kind of the dream final. Uh, France-Argentina is going to be incredibly entertaining. Uh, the, I think the listeners, the loyal listeners know where our, our loyalty lies. Um, but, uh, the night, yeah. To, and similarly where our loyalty lies for Niners Seahawks, I don't think anyone really has to guess, uh, where my action is on this one. Um, but, uh, I'll leave you in suspense unless you can guess Vaughn. <laughs> I think, uh, it's safe to say I'd be rolling with the Hawks if I was guessing which side <laughs> you were taking tonight. Uh, and Brock Purdy, I mean, not 100% in this game. We saw him yeah. sling the rock. I had a Bucks three and a half ticket and a Tom Brady passing attempts ticket. So I split that game, but that game was atrocious to watch. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at a prop in this game. Before we get into it, though, I feel like all the sharps are lining up on the Seahawks. There was three and a half this morning. Um, I did snag that up for a little bit, just pending the Brock Purdy news. Don't know if it's going to be an official play for me, though. Uh, but what are you thinking in this game in general? I mean, are you leaning. Something on the total, since I already know you're on the Seahawks. I'm assuming you got the three and a half. Yeah, I'm, I took the three and a half on this one. Uh, I still see a slight value on three if you can get it at better than minus one ten. Um, and the you know the the theory here is not even really that complicated. San Francisco comes into this game absolutely beaten and battered. Um, Brock Purdy has taken up most of the headlines because he has played. You know, he's he's performed above expectation now. Uh, for every quarter he has stepped in for Jimmy Garoppolo. 
but he is dealing with the oblique injury. It's a rib injury as well. Uh, if you read between the lines of what Shanahan has been saying, it sounds like they are going to give him, you know, pain medication and send him out there. Um, but it only takes one wrong hit, and all of a sudden it's Josh Johnson time here in San Francisco. Josh Johnson, of course, has been with the team for about, uh, you know, a hot minute. Um, Beyond Brock Purdy, though, this is just a team that is dealing with injuries at almost every important position, positional group uh, across the entire unit. You have Debo Samuel out for an extended period of time with the high ankle sprain. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has been missing practice and, you know, certainly he's been dynamic, but he's not 100 percent. Uh, at you know, and then you flip to the other side of the uh, excuse me, the other side of the ball here. The defense has been dealing with injuries in the secondary, uh, a couple of more, you know, positional players of depth out now on the D line. So yeah, I mean, realistically, I'm I'm hopeful that uh, this is um, a competitive game. Uh, I get why San Francisco is the favorite on the road. Seattle's defense has been miserable going on about a month now, um, and Geno Smith's kind of come back to earth a bit after you know kind of being a top five QB over the first half of the season. So it it all makes sense. I get it. Um, but you know, young quarterback beaten up under the lights at Lumen Field, uh, you know, in a prime time spot. It's it's a, this is tough. Um, and I think realistically, you know, Pete Carroll getting his guys up for this game, uh, getting one of their better performances of the season in a game that matters, ex- you know, an extreme amount to their hopes of even making the playoffs at this point, let alone, uh, you know, trying to f- claw back in the NFC West picture. Um, this is a big one. And I think Seattle can show up and I think they can win this game. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm prepared to get hurt again. The Seattle Seahawks <laughs> have been hurting me all month uh, and it may continue. Yeah, I haven't actually bet the Seahawks in the last three or four weeks. So I feel a little more confident taking them here in this spot. And, you know, with all the injury stuff, too. And I'll say the one thing. I mean, Christian McCaffrey not practicing this week. Some people might be a little worried about that. I think he's not practicing as much because he's about to get a crazy workload in this game. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean, he has to, in my opinion, without Debo Samuel. And we saw earlier in the season when Samuel was out and uh, CMC stepped in against the Rams what he did. I mean, he had a 78.8% snap share. That was the second most since joining the Niners. Um, He had an outstanding game as well. I mean, he had uh, almost 150 total yards, two touchdowns. Um, So I look at – you mentioned it, what the Seahawks have done the past few games defensively since their bye week. It's been really bad, especially in the rushing defense department. We just saw Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman each have 74 yards, 35 combined carries and a touchdown. Cam Akers, 60 yards, two touchdowns. Josh Jacobs, 229 yards and two touchdowns on 33 carries against the Seahawks team. So I like McCaffrey over 78 and a half rushing yards. It's 79 and a half, 80 and a half on some books too. So as always shop around, but I think he's going to have a pretty big game. He's going to have to have a big game or else the Niners are toast um, in this one. And I kind of lean the over to be honest, even though it's going to be the most unattractive bet, probably Um, any lasting thoughts. That's a decent look uh, for sure. McCaffrey would be expected to be the lion's share of the offense here for the Niners, considering what's going on with them from an injury standpoint. Uh, I would guess that on a short week with a beaten up 
the young quarterback, you would like to put the ball in the hands of the more experienced and dynamic player like Christian yeah. McCaffrey. So if it works, if plan A works, and there's no reason to think it won't because Seattle, as you mentioned, got absolutely pushed off the ball and gashed in that game against the Panthers. Um, yeah, I think that would be plan A if you come into this game as Kyle Shanahan. And uh, I can't really put my finger on what's wrong with the Seattle defense. It's very, very, very tough. Um, some, you know, you see some individual outstanding play, but just as an overall unit, they're just not living up to uh, where a lot of these players were drafted, uh, particularly in that front seven. So, um, yeah, it's just, that's how I would attack them. I think that's what you should expect as sort of the, uh, the baseline here. And then we have, just have to see if uh, if Pete Carroll has any tricks up his sleeve, any wrinkles he wants to introduce to try to uh, fix this defense on a very short week. It's going to be a tough ask. Uh, so I think your looks are pretty good. And I, I again, I, I agree with you on the over. I think this should be a 44 and a half uh, total. Yeah. And as we saw, the overs have been smacking in primetime football the past couple of weeks. So no reason to really fade that, in my opinion. Uh, and Christian McCaffrey's receiving yards, most bet player prop, not the rushing yards. So I'm feeling pretty good about a little CMC action tonight. But we'll also have some more plays tonight if you guys go to the NBC Sports YouTube channel. 7 p.m. Eastern, DFS, fantasy, and betting advice from Lawrence Jackson, Kyle Dvorak, and myself. Answering all your guys' questions about 49ers and Seahawks. So it'll be a good week. Lawrence Jackson did pay up. Uh, after losing to me on the interception props last week. Um, <laughs> Got to take the unders for the plus money, my guy. Uh, but we'll see what happens tonight. I could see both quarterbacks probably tossing a pick um, mm -hmm. against pretty good defenses. But as I said, college football bowl season, it is finally here, starting tomorrow officially. Um, one game, though, that sticks out to me is UTSA and Troy Drew. Don't know how much you've watched these teams or bet on these teams this year, but I think we're about to see a very, very exciting game. Troy is laying one and a half over under 55 and a half. I am taking the over before I get into that. I want to read uh, you a stat and our viewers a stat because this okay. really stuck out to me. This is one of the ranked games uh, in bowl season this year. There's only about 10 of them. Okay. I'll run through the list, but when over the past five seasons, when two teams are ranked and facing each other in a bowl, the favorite is 30 and 20 ATS 60%. Most people want to take the underdog because they're taking the points Two good teams, but the favorites are the cashing. Troy is the favorite here. We also have Texas favorited against Washington, Notre Dame, South Carolina, Clemson, Tennessee, Alabama over Kansas State, Michigan versus TCU, Georgia, Ohio State, USC versus Tulane, and Utah versus Penn State. So if you're like that trend, you'd be backing Troy here. Uh, what do you think in this game in general? Oh boy, you think I'm not watching UTSA? Uh, I, I, I tune in. I, I, is, uh, a roadrunner college football is appointment television for me, Vaughn. Uh, last time we saw these guys, unfortunately, they covered against our uh, North they Texas Mean Green. Uh, no, they were not roadkill. But I, I will tell you, we ended up breaking even on that game thanks to the great Eric Froton. Uh, he, he came in with that info on, uh, what was it, uh, Kavorian Barnes. Uh, I think yeah, Barnes' rushing insane. prop was like 80. I'm going to guess it was like 85 or something like that. Hit that everywhere I could find it. He ended up with 28 carries for 875 yards. <laughs> now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, he was like the third stringer. And that, I think, just speaks to what UTSA brings to this game, which is just a dynamic scheme in the rushing attack. Uh, and there are sort of two old truths about the way you handicap college bowl games. You either get the info before the market 
and beat the beat the you know living daylights out of the number. That's a fun way to play it. But if you don't have access to the info, then the other way to play it is just to look at the sort of running schemes and the way that the, that rushing attacks match up between each other. Because in general, rushing performance it carries over a lot more consistently from the regular season of college football to the bowl season uh, compared to the passing game, which you can have you know wild outlier performances, guys who are just aren't ready in the regular season, but the extra practice reps that they get coming into the bowl game, you just get a very different player at times. Um, and uh, you know this goes for particularly for young quarterbacks who may be in replacement starts, right? Um, so I think if you just you know step back and you look at the running attacks of these two teams, it's pretty clear that Texas San Antonio, in my opinion, ought to be the favorite. Um, I don't have a huge edge on this one, surely. I think there's better bets on the board uh, coming up on uh, uh, this weekend, on Saturday in particular, but uh, for a Friday night special, I don't mind going to war with the Roadrunners and our guy, Kavorian Barnes. Friday afternoon special. Friday afternoon. They're getting us two bowl games like during the day, 11.30 a.m. and 3 p.m. on a Friday. Got to give us a night game. But I like the over 55 and a half in this game. And I agree with a lot of what you said. I think it's going to be a track meet, two very dynamic teams. Troy's coaching staff has said, watching film on UTSA, this is the most dynamic and best offensive team we've seen all season. I agree. UTSA has scored 30 or more points in 12 out of 13 games this year. For Troy, they've only scored 27 or more in 7 out of 13. And you might say, oh, that's not good enough. But they played some pretty good defensive teams. And there's one stat – that really stands out to me. In Troy's last eight bowl games, the over is 8-0. Give me all of that. Over 55-and-a-half in Troy versus UTSA. Two good running games. Two quarterbacks can sling the ball. Uh, should be a great one. So another game that won't be as great. Uh, I'm going to be saying, yuck, ooh, <laughs> what is this guy doing? Where is he throwing the football? Uh, Cincinnati-Louisville. Uh, you got some coaching changes. Luke Fickle. Going to Wisconsin, uh, going to be a great defense next year there. Cincinnati fills that void with Scott Satterfield, the Louisville head coach. Uh, so now Louisville's head coach is now on the Cincinnati sideline, which obviously gives them a little bit of an advantage. We got some opt-outs. We got some backup quarterbacks in this game. Uh, there's a lot going on in this game. But I did play the under 44.5. It's down to 41 or 40.5 everywhere now. Uh, what are you thinking in this game, Drew? I think this is going to be – one of the ugliest games of bowl season. Yeah, uh, it's taking place in Fenway Park. And if you're like, wait a second, isn't that where the Red Sox play baseball? <laughs> you're correct. Uh, and the funniest wrinkle uh, to go along with what you were just laying out there, uh, Louisville and Cincinnati have to share the sideline because of the configuration of Fenway Park and the layout of the field. Wow. So basically, Louisville's head coach just kind of walks down the sideline a little bit to the uh, to the Cincinnati oh, side. Yes. Uh, realistically, <laughs> I don't I don't think the head coach has a huge swing here one way or the other in terms of win I probability. Agree. I think you match these two teams up and Louisville is the better team. That's why they are favored by two and sticking to my kind of, you know, philosophy about uh, which is the more dynamic rushing attack? It's Louisville. So uh, getting under a field goal, this is for me, uh, Cardinals or pass. And this is one of those games where I'm really only playing it when in my college bowl pools. Um, you know, so, so many unknowns with the, uh, you know, just the the player availability and the motivations in this one. Um, but uh, I'm going to lay it with Louisville in the, in the bowl pool. Yeah, we're, we're waiting for some player props. When I say we, I'm talking about Eric Froton and myself uh, for our college football show this Saturday. We definitely think there's going to be some value on unders in this one. The running game overs. Uh, but like I said, I got ahead on the value on this one at 40 and a half or 41 yeah, on the total. Nice 
don't really know if you could be betting that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I do think that, I do think the coaching change here, um, him just knowing Louisville and Jennifer, general Scatterfield will help this game go under and be a lower scoring game because he knows his players and knows yeah. uh, what they are good at and what they are not good at. Um, one game, though, where I see everybody lining up to uh, take the favorite, and I think I'm okay with the dog, Drew, and we're talking about Florida – uh, taking on Oregon State. Uh, you know, Oregon State is laying 10. They were laying 10 and a half when I grabbed this line. This is at Las Vegas, Legion Stadium. <sighs> Anthony Richardson won't be in the, on the field for the Gators, but there is a one stat though, that really stands out with the Gators. They are undefeated ATS as underdogs this year, 5-0 and mark. Billy Napier is on a 17-3-1 run over the last 21 games as a double-digit underdog. Um, I like that, even though the Gators – they haven't been good in bowl games lately. They're looking to avoid their first back-to-back losing season since the late 70s. Uh, yeah. A lot on the line for the Gators. What do you think about this one? I've been staring at this one for a while. The entire handicap comes down to, is this an overreaction to the change of the quarterback position for Florida? Yeah. <sighs> Oregon State is not a team that really pushes the, you know, pushes the scoreboard for the sake of it. You look at a couple of games where they were clearly the better team and they barely even threw a pass in the second half of some of those contests. They tend to sit on leads um, and the idea that they are going to try to flex in this game and, and get a cover, I'm not buying it. Uh, I think you could see, you know, the, this quarterback who's taken over now for Florida, we'd have, we know nothing about him other than he was at one point, you know, viewed to be a relatively good recruit. Um, and if they have been able to use their time in preparation for this game to get him coached up, uh, Florida may be able to give uh, the the, uh, the Beavers a scare here. I think this is Florida or pass on the side. And But again, like because of the uncertainty, I'm only using this in pools. Yeah, I, I can understand that one. I And watching Florida all season, they've been a very you know, inconsistent team at times. Uh, when the public likes them, I feel like that's when they lose. Uh, <laughs> when you know, everyone's fading them, I feel like that's when they cash. But they're a very hard team to bet in general, and they haven't been very good. They're 0-4 ATS in their last four bowl games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were laying seven last year to UCF and lost that game. But as we know, we are big Knights supporters here, and uh, that was a game that we actually liked the Knights in. So – uh, this year, I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to take the Gators. I got them at 10.5. Oregon State has also covered six straight games, the longest active ATS winning streak in the country right now. Just because of that, you know there are going to be people out there betting Oregon State. So give me the Gators. But, Drew, you know, everyone that's watching us, everyone that's listening, it's not Thursday Night Football. It's not the NBA. They're listening for this game. Boise State and <laughs> North Texas, baby. This is the bowl game. That I can't wait to watch. I was upset though that these teams are playing each other because I yeah. wanted to bet these teams against, you know, another another squad and all. But Boise State's laying ten and a half. Uh, we got a high over under around fifty nine and a half. Um, I'll let you get your little cap in here before you know I take over since these are two of my three favorite teams. In the I got to hear what you have to say because I took I put these okay. two teams on paper head to head, and while you know you have a better rushing attack from North Texas, the Boise State rushing defense is very very solid. That's one of the better units in the uh, in all of uh, college football. And so if North if the Mean Green think they're coming in and they're going to get it done on the ground, then uh, I got bad news for them. This could be a punt fest. This is probably one where I'm looking for an under 59 and a half is awfully high for uh, a game where you're expecting that uh, this is going to have to be score and answer if you're getting into the 60s um, Boise State's offense is is they're fine 
they're 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 not like I'm not running to uh, to back these guys. And and last time out in particular, I was pretty disappointed with their performance against uh, you know Fresno State. So um, you know maybe there's a little bit of a bounce back here for Boise, but uh, to me this looks like an under. Where are you going? Yeah, I, I want to wait for this value to come down on the under because I want a Boise State team total. Oh, um, right now it's sitting at thirty-five <laughs> and a half. Okay, a little too high for my liking. I'd really want that thirty-five as a key number. Uh, that North Texas defense doesn't scare me against anybody. It hasn't all season. Um, I do like their front seven, but against George Halani and Taylor Green, I'm not sure North Texas is going to be able to perform. We saw right. what UTSA was able to do, and a couple of teams that have scrambling type quarterbacks, North Texas wasn't able to handle them. And we loved Boise State against Fresno State. That was my best bet last weekend on our show. But one thing that I couldn't cap is Boise State's top five ranked special teams unit. Uh, totally crap in the bed. I mean, they let a punt return touchdown, another return of 30 or 40 yards. Um, you know, Taylor Green threw an interception in their own 25-yard line right after they let up a huge punt return touchdown. So those type of things are just unlucky type of vibes there. I think Boise State – We'll turn around. Why this game is in Frisco might make people want to bet North Texas. They did just fire their coach, Seth Luttrell, because he can't win the big games. And uh, they're going to have an intern coach now. I don't think that's a good spot to back North Texas in. And the last thing I'll say is Boise State has played a few non-Power 5 schools since 2000 in bowl games. In those games, they've scored 38, 38, and 55 points. North Texas 0-4 ATS in their last four bowl games, excuse me. Hence why they fired uh, Seth Luttrell. So any lasting thoughts on college football bowl Saturday? Yeah, this is a while. I mean, it, there are so many games. This is, and we did do service there to a bunch of them. We didn't mention uh, Rice looks like they look like they're going to have a bunch of players out, which is why they're meaningful favorites to Southern Miss. Uh, Washington State, Fresno State, I have a handicap on that uh, and, a, and a decent play. Uh, didn't mention BYU looking to be on their third string quarterback, potentially. That's why that line has flipped to SMU out past three. Uh, and of course, Jackson State is huge favorites, although I don't know what is going on with that uh, coaching staff and just in general, the uh, motivation of the players considering the turnover there. But uh, Fresno State, Washington State is the one that stands out to me. I think this is an overlook. Um, you're seeing money hit the yes. screen right now. There are some 52s out there still. This is an over 52 play. Um, you're seeing right now the market makers are trending 53, 53 and a half. This could continue to go up as we get closer to kickoff. Uh, and the handicap is not even especially complicated. Washington State is a good offense. They uh, have kind of made a number of comments to the media in the run-up to this game about how exciting it was for them to open up the playbook in the Apple Cup. Uh, and really kind of air it out against Washington. Um, and they expect that to continue. In fact, I think that is probably what they worked on in the run-up to this game was specifically, uh, we're going to try to be more dynamic in the passing attack. Fresno State, um, they played Oregon State earlier this year. There is not a huge difference in the makeup and in general, the constitution of the Washington State Cougars and the Oregon State Beavers in my mind. That Fresno State-Oregon State game closed 58, and there ended up being a 57 points scored. So really, I'm not exactly sure how we started at 52 here, but this is one where I played the over uh, and actually it's, it's going to make or break my Saturday uh, besides a couple of ones where I got ahead of the, the market moves. But uh, Fresno State, Washington State over 52, if you can find it, is a plus EB play by my books. Yeah, I'm uh, actually 100% with you. So one thing we'll be doing on the NBC Sports Edge website is we'll have every single pick for college football bowl season. Eric, Brad, Brad Thomas, Eric Froton and myself are going to write down our favorite picks for the game. 
And I wrote about the over in that game specifically. And I said, that's going to be one of my best bets of bowl season in general. Um, both offenses have been opening up more. You got Jake Hayner and Cam Ward. Fresno State, six and three to the over as a favorite this season. Washington State allowing 30.6 points per game as an underdog. And they're one in five on the money line as an underdog as well. Uh, so great spot for Fresno State. We see money coming in on Fresno State, but the total has dropped from 55 and a half down to 52 and a half. If this can, I'm going to wait and see if this continues to drop, but 52 and a half is definitely, definitely a good number in my book right now. Um, so yeah, I'm glad we're in agreement, Drew. That's what I'm talking about, <laughs> man. And uh, I like the SMU BYU look too. I mean, all the best number for SMU is by far gone. That total was 71. It's dropped to 64. Yeah. Honestly, both defenses are so bad. If that one drops below 60, I may have to sprinkle that over 59 and a half. If I can get something like that. So. Yeah, SMU bad run defense, BYU good run offense. Uh, I, you know, the degree to which that was because of the quarterback contributions, I don't, I can't really tell you. But BYU uh, is definitely going through a huge transition right now. So there's motivational questions on top of just a, a player availability there. Yeah, great breakdowns in college football overall. And if you guys want more of it, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, NBC Sports YouTube channel. Myself and Eric Froton will be there. We're going to miss Brad Thomas. He won't make it, but trust me, we'll have plenty of games, props, and coverage for you guys. And we may have a special guest or two. You have to tune in to join. Make sure you guys check us out. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet, which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. New customers can sign up now with the code BETTHEEDGE to get five second chance bets up to $500. That's five straight days of second chances where PointsBet will match your losing wager in free bets. So use the promo code BETTHEEDGE and enjoy more live betting markets than ever before. PointsBet, it's your move. New customers only. Must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, or West Virginia. In partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, that is the first bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Cash out is not available on all wagers and may not be equivalent to the initial 
initial wager. PointsBet can disable or suspend the cash out feature at any time. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website app for more details. Void where prohibited. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. That's 467-369. In New York, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Pennsylvania, call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-6867. In Louisiana. But it's NBA also tonight. We got a small slate. Uh, Bucks-Grizzlies is pretty much the biggest game on the night, uh, unless you're a Rockets fan. Grizzlies are laying two over under 226 and a half. Drew, what do you make? So before getting into this handicap, I just want to shout out the listeners of Bet the Edge, many of whom reached out yesterday after our NBA breakdown and said, hey, man, I found Orlando at 600 to one to win the Southeast. I found 500 to one. I got 550 to one at my book. And so I know there are a lot of people out there that took some long shot prices on Orlando to win the Southeast. And we almost got the perfect sweep yesterday where, uh, you know, the you beat the division winner head to head in the Hawks, mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the Hornets lose, the Wizards lose and the Heat came very, very oh, close to also losing, but they beat the Thunder at the, at the very end. Uh, we're going to talk about the Heat in a second, but uh, good results for us and, and our magic, and we are going to continue to beat that drum for the remainder of the season. It's going to be a fun ride. Even if they are just in the basement in February, I'm still going to be beating the drum that that's a good team. All that said, the other team I'm beating the drum for is the Memphis Grizzlies. This Grizzlies team is awesome. They're well-coached. They are dynamic. And while, yes, their strength is getting to the rim and they are taking on a, a Milwaukee Bucks team that does an exceptionally good job of keeping you from getting to the rim, this is a brutal spot for the Milwaukee Bucks. They are reintegrating Chris Middleton. Uh, however, the depth there just has not manifest this season. They've gotten by with just heroic performances from Giannis uh, yeah. combined with a complete career resurgence of Brooke Lopez, particularly defensively. Uh, this is a bad matchup for them, though. I think Memphis comes in as the better team. Uh, I sold out to minus two and a half here for plus money. Uh, and actually market is coming with me because it is now looking like uh, you're going to have to get a minus two uh, as we get closer to tip off here, just based on, yeah, minus one and a half at some of the market makers is getting getting pretty juicy, minus 115. So this is trending in direction of Memphis. Um, I think realistically Memphis is going to be able to get the get get their offense going even against the mighty defense that is the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks defensive rating is outrageously good uh, and will regress back to what I think a stable something in the ballpark of 109, maybe 110. Uh, and uh, so I think ultimately Memphis, a uh, decent spot, uh, to continue their success. They've been home for about a week now, just haven't had to travel, haven't had to deal with the rigors of a difficult schedule while Milwaukee is flying all over the country. So decent spot here for Memphis to get the win, laid the points, and uh, let's go, Chris. Yeah, I actually was looking because I wanted to get an NBA gameplay tonight, and obviously this is the one that could be the most competitive probably, but we have been seeing the past week a lot of blowouts in the NBA. 
Um, that makes capping definitely difficult, but I would definitely lay with Memphis here. I think the money line would be the look for me in this game. They've been 10 and 3 ATS as home favor or at home this season, 6 and 0 on the money line, 5 and 1 ATS in their last six games. Uh, how much do you really take into account teams that are on streaks like that, especially against the spread? Are you just blindly going to back them sometimes, or was this a spot where you actually had to look into it? Because with Drew Holiday out, I mean, Memphis looks a lot better. Yes. It's so it's tricky because um streaks against the spread while noisy and not really predictive are still telling you something important in my opinion um so when i come up with a fair price for an nba team i use two set two samples of data one where i'm looking at the season you know the season statistics in aggregate and one where i'm kind of zeroed in on the most recent stuff so looking at like the last five and last seven games in terms of performance teams change in terms of depending on player availability uh and uh players improve and regress as they kind of go through the season nobody is on a flat line and has the same exact player impact every single game there's variability in there um and you can catch some teams some players when they aren't performing well uh, and ride those hot streaks. And a lot of times that actually is reflected in to a degree in just ATS streaking. Um, that said, uh, you know, I think I wouldn't ever blindly back a, a you know, just an ATS trend because, again, it's not especially predictive. You need to be looking at matchups. You need to be looking at uh, things like rest, things like travel, things like strength of opponent they've played recently because that all influences it too. Like if you have a team that has been winning, you know, that's on like a – you know, a six game win streak, but they're playing the dregs of the, you know, the dregs of the NBA, a bunch of tanking teams in a row like that may not necessarily speak to how good that team uh, is going to come out against, a, you know, a formidable foe. And, you know, I think I give um, Milwaukee beat me this week already back <laughs> the Golden State Warriors and the Bucks were just absolutely dynamic in that in that contest. But uh, I still think uh, regression is coming for the way that defense is performing. And I think this is a good example to try to capitalize on some of that regression. I love that. Yeah, there's regression is an interesting thing, man. Because I mean, last year, you know, I was blindly back in the Pistons in the season ATS, and they were cash cows. And then this year, you know, I kind of started backing, I fading the Brooklyn Nets as home favorites or at home in general, just because they've been so bad at that. But you see that regression setting in, positive regression for them, and now they've been covering at home more lately. Uh, so I, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. I really like that breakdown in general there. Uh, we do have a viewer question about a player prop that uh, coordinates with something that I'm doing tonight. Uh, a lot of people love in Zion Williamson, 26 and a half, 27 and a half, 28 and a half, whereas his, all his point props for this game and his last game. You know, I wouldn't tell you, Aaron Campbell, not to play Zion Williamson because he has looked fantastic lately, averaging 30 points per game, last six games, 25 or more in every single game. This game is a great pace matchup, as uh, Drew and I just mentioned briefly. A lot of blowouts in the NBA this past week, and that just happened in the last game when the Utah Jazz uh, blew out the Pelicans 121 to 100, and that's why Zion only saw 26 minutes. So I wouldn't talk you off him. I'd probably throw him more in a same-game parlay and get that to 25-plus points or maybe you know throw him in a 20-plus point tonight. But I think there's value on another player in that game. Um, I locked up my best bet for tonight, a one-and-a-half unit play, C.J. McCollum, over 18-and-a-half points against the Utah Jazz. A lot of the same reasons. I mean, this is a great pace and tempo spot, both these teams, top 12 in pace this season. Utah is actually fourth in December. Uh, the Pelicans are 13th. But McCollum had 14 points in that blowout loss, 6 of 17 from the field. 
Um, but something I really noticed to start this month, this guy went eight of 33 from the field, 24%, only shot eight threes. All right. The first three games of December, the last three games he's played 26 of 57 from the field, 45%, 18, three point attempts. He went from 6.6 points per game to 20.3 points per game. All right. Bounce back game for him. Bounce back game for the Pelicans after getting blown out and uh, just a great pace up spot for an over in general. So I took the over 18 and a half for CJ McCollum. I wouldn't talk you off of Zion. I think the Pelicans are live in a little revenge spot in the same arena. I like the over in this game. I think there's going to be a lot of points, high pace. Uh, what do you make of this game before we get to your best bet of tonight? Yeah, no, no, no disagreement at all. I think the Pelicans are a substantially better team than the Jazz. I, I bet them yeah. two nights ago, and nothing really has changed. This is an exactly neutral handicap. I watched a lot of that game, and it was very weird in the first half. There were some kind of, uh, I guess he did commit fouls, but Zion had some early foul trouble in that one that really impacted his ability to yeah. be on the court. Uh, which I think led to the blowout to a degree. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in a more neutral game state with just a, a, a little bit less aggressive whistle, uh, the Pelicans do exact some revenge tonight. I make this game four. I didn't play it just because I, there may be something about the matchup that I'm missing that I didn't see watching the game. But uh, I agree with your looks that uh, McCollum's going to get his and Williamson's going to get his. So, um, you know, I, maybe... Double, I may, I may venture a look into the say, like the Pelicans team total over or something along those lines that might make some sense here. But uh, uh, the favorite look on the card for me tonight is kind of right in that well of the rest of the teams in the southeast are not good, uh, including the very lucky to beat the Thunder Miami Heat. They take on the Rockets tonight in Houston on a back-to-back. -back. Uh, you have an, a, a beleaguered and battered team. We have not seen the Miami Heat injury report as of yet. It has not been submitted. The idea, though, that they may pull Tyler Hero, who is dealing with an ankle, uh, because of the back-to-back -back situation, I think is very real. Uh, definitely not expecting to see Jimmy Butler in this one. A couple of the important players who uh, provide depth to this team are not available. Um, and the Rockets, if you haven't been paying attention, they're playing some good basketball lately um i i mean i don't even really know who uh i want to highlight i guess we'll give it give we'll give some shine to alpern shengun shengun has been great lately he has been uh he's kind of growing into his role with this team uh and they have decent guard play around him i think the rockets can can uh get the outright win here but i took plus four uh, and I think uh, fair price should be inside of three, considering uh, I'm expecting a couple of Miami Heat players to get the night off. Yeah, and that'll be huge for your closing line value, man. I definitely think that Jimmy Butler will probably take a seat in this one. They'll think that they're a talented enough team to take on the Houston Rockets, but Rockets, very scrappy. And honestly, man, I have not been impressed with the Miami Heat defense at all this season. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm holding a Bam out of bio ticket, and I'm just like, Bam, Bro, you said you were going to win this year and make this the best defense in the NBA. And uh, I see none of that. But a lot of the injuries, I mean, have held them down. I'm looking at a Jalen Green uh, prop tonight. You know, he's at 30, 27, 30, and 26 in four of his last six games. Uh, and, you know, if they're not playing defense, Jalen Green going to get his in South Beach. Or it's in at home, actually, at Toyota Center. So, yeah, I like that. Um, anything you guys are going over tomorrow, man, we're talking about? I know uh, – you guys got the NBA awards on uh, on tap, and you know I yeah. just placed a Tyrese Halliburton most improved player ticket a couple of days ago. Um, what do you like in the in the market? 
Oh, it's a fun one. Uh, it's going to be tough to catch SGA just because he is running away with that one. But um, I expect at some point. Yeah, I expect at some point he comes <laughs> back to earth. Who knows? Um, no, I, I have a lot of homework to do. Lockie brings it uh, when we talk awards. Jay obviously is sort of the master originator for NBA awards as far as I can so I can tell you. So uh, very excited to get into that one and just kind of do. We're about a third, you know, a little more than a third of the way through the season. So uh, it'll be fun to do sort of a hard reset on, um, you know, where things stand in the awards market because, you know, it's this is a dynamic. Uh, it changes as we go through here. And uh, I think realistically we got uh, – there's money to be made in, in cornering some of these. I agree. I still think there's a lot of value out there. I know you guys, Bruce said you guys are covering MVP and six yeah. man tomorrow. Uh, I'm on a Brogdon 16 to one ticket for six man. I know you're a Celtics guy, so I'll be ready to hear your Jason Tatum talk tomorrow, potentially, unless you're on the Luka Doncic train. But. I'm not, but Brogdon six man is the best bet that I have in my, in all of my awards betting so far. I feel like that one is the one that has the highest likelihood of the cashing. Yeah, Celtics have the best record. Brogdon doing his work on the bench. We'll lock that win, ladies and gentlemen. But make sure you guys check them out tomorrow for the NBA awards talk, NFL plays, and maybe some college football. We'll see what they what the boys are up to tomorrow. NBC Sports Edge, all the info you guys need for your wagers. Thank you guys for watching live on our NBC Sports YouTube channel, listening in podcast form. Subscribe, rate, like this video. That is Drew Disnick, the well capper on Twitter. I am Vaughn Delzo at Vinny Money Sports. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.